me as I'm getting ready to travel to Cuba and then watching the news and just constantly scrolling on my phone watching what's going on in Israel. Um, and we're going through the book of First Peter right now. I, I try and compartmentalize what it means to be under persecution. And we really don't have a clue, do we? We, we do not have a good understanding. You know, I, uh, I went to Cuba in July, and you guys were so incredible. You, you donated a, an extra suitcase. There was money donated. And Wendy and I, we went to the dollar store, and we went to buy supplies. And I'm, I'm going through my mental list of everything they need, things that we take advantage of. And I'm at the dollar store, and I see all the bottles of, it's like a dollar twenty-five bottles of aspirin. And I looked at Wendy and I, I said, "Let's take all they got." And we're all right, we've got a shopping cart that is just chucked full of items. And I'm looking at it, and I began to cry at the at the checkout. And I said, "How?" arrogant, ignorant of me, the way I take advantage of this stuff on a daily basis. And I go there, and they're using every single item we bring. Um, used to discard the hotel shampoos and soaps and things of that nature, and someone said, Pastor, I've got a really good collection of that going. Would you take that? I'm like, they'd take it. They'd take it. And so I, uh, I've got two suitcases, 70 pounds, chucked full, ready to fly out tomorrow. And then on top of it, I'm sitting there watching the news, and I see everything going on in Israel, and I'm thinking about what oppression must feel like. It's hard for us to understand. It's also hard for us to understand in that position what it means to receive hope. Because I don't know about you, but when you're in the thick, it's hard to see what it looks like on the other side. And so I think about their situation and how there probably feels like right now no hope. And Peter talks about that. He, he's writing to people in Asia Minor who are going under major persecution and what I find is, I find the Spirit of God, even in our despair, He is always reaching out, and He always wants to give us glimpses of His plan. Aren't you thankful for that? So since the beginning of creation, God has always wanted mankind to be a part of what He is doing. And so when God created all the living creatures in Genesis, He brought them before Adam. And he's having Adam name all the living creatures that God created. I can only imagine what Adam was thinking when he said names like platypus and aardvark. But, you know, it's clear that God said, I want you to be a part of what I'm doing. And it seems like there's a barrier between people today and God that um, we want answers given to us. We don't want to seek answers for ourselves. We accept many things as truth that aren't true. 
And I believe that within us, God creates a curiosity that is a very healthy thing. And so if you are here today and you're desiring to seek the truth for yourself, I believe that if you seek, you'll find it, and it's going to take root in your heart. So God, he brings Christ here to the earth, and when God brought Christ, who knows, it wasn't exactly a surprise. He didn't just do it on a whim and say, well, here you go, I'm giving you this now. He had given man glimpses of his plan. He had told the prophets, he had prepared their hearts. And when God gives us glimpses, who knows, he gives us just enough to tug our hearts that we start seeking. We start searching. And what it causes us to do is to further investigate. Now the prophets seeking God helped fully reveal Christ to us so that we had an understanding of when Christ come, what it was he was fulfilling. I'd, I'd encourage you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. Who's excited to get into the word of God this morning? Say amen. amen. All right, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. I read out of the New Living Translation. Um, it's also going to be up on the screen. You can read out of whatever translation you want, but I'm going to tell you something. You read out of one that tries to, as close, to closely translate to the original Greek and Hebrew, and that's why I like the New Living Translation. Um, something significant they did was they had over 70 scholars sit down to make sure they got it right. And so they tried to put it in a modern-day tongue, and that's why I like it. Let's read. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, it says, This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. They were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for you. Everyone here say, for me. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is all so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Let's pray. Lord, I just want to thank you for your word. And as we read it, God, I, I pray we understand how much you have prepared. Lord, there is nothing that takes place on the earth today that you didn't know about. And God, this is all leading toward a point where you are going to call your people home. And God, I just pray that every heart and mind within the sound of my voice today just be open to your spirit speaking. That, that Lord, they will be curious about you and the truth. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Who believes the Spirit of God speaks today? I believe that the Spirit of God still speaks today. And God wants you to be a part of his plan. 
He wants you to be a part of his plan. He has always, since the very beginning, he spoke through the prophets, he spoke through the Son, he spoke through the apostles, and his Holy Spirit still speaks today. And when God's Spirit speaks, it will never be contrary to his word. I want you to hear that again. When God's Spirit speaks, it will never be contrary to his word. Psalm 138.2, it says, I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness, for your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. Your promises are backed by the honor of your name. I I don't know about you, but when I read that, there, there is a lot of depth there that... We are to make sure that what we hear is backed by the honor of God's name. And his written word is. It absolutely is. Listen to 2 Timothy 4.2. It says, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. This is key. Good teaching is through the word of God. Amen? I can be as creative as I want to be. Doesn't make it the word of God. 2 Corinthians 9-7. This is a verse that is on tithing. So you're going to be like, hey, pastor, what are we preaching about this morning? But we learned something about how God works with people. Listen to this. It says, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. I want to tell you something that we can learn about God through that verse, that God purposes his will or desire in your heart. And so that is another emphasis that God still speaks to us today. So God, what he has done with us, he has created a partnership and he wants to walk in harmony with you and bring you alongside to what he is doing. That's why he still speaks today. I cannot emphasize enough that God wants to speak to you. You know, in, in, in today's culture, especially in Christianity, there are so many voices that are given public platform thanks to social media. And as I was scrolling through Instagram here a few days ago, I was seeing a lot of things by John MacArthur. And I thought, why am I seeing all this stuff by John MacArthur all of a sudden? And if you don't know, he's got a very large church out in Los Angeles. But here's something significant about John MacArthur. And I don't, you guys know me, I don't speak out against preachers very often. But John MacArthur is a sensationalist. And so what he believes is God's spirit does not move or work or speak to you today. Don't accept that. God's word doesn't say that. They're they're standing on 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, and, and that is not what it means. God speaks today. He can speak to you today. He still wants to walk in partnership with you today. Stay away from anyone that preaches with fervor that the Spirit of God doesn't speak or move today. That is contrary to who God has always been. 
I want to talk about how God's Spirit speaks, and I think this is important. The first way is through visions and dreams. It says in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, Then after doing those things, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my Spirit, even on the servants, men and women alike. Who believes we're living in those days? And those who are listening, those who are seeking, God will pour out his Spirit upon and use. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, but people who aren't spiritual, everyone say spiritual, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. The bottom line is, as much as you might want it, the world is never going to accept it because they do not understand how God's Spirit works. Another way God speaks, God speaks to our hearts. And there are four primary ways he does that. And the first one is the work of faith within us. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, it says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. You see, God, what he does is he enables a heart that is enslaved to sin to respond. And it is simply this. It's simply the recognition that God is already working at a heart level in order that we can have the ability to trust the person and the work of Jesus Christ. That is how God begins to work on your heart. The second way that God speaks is conviction. John 16, 8, it says, And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. So the Spirit of God brings conviction to the heart as to what is true, right, and good. And so then we respond to the move of God's Spirit because God has already been doing the work. A third way God speaks is through empowerment. Galatians 2.20 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And so the Spirit of God resides in you, and it bears witness also to your spirit as you can then in turn, through the Spirit of God, minister to others. I don't have, on my own, I don't have the power to really minister to people. I've tried. I've fallen flat many, many times. But the Spirit of God, when he's speaking through me, and I can sense that God is using me, it's always on point. It's always on point. And then fourthly, something that I call internal resolution. You know the Spirit of God can put resolve in our hearts to go against what we have planned? 
When I first got excited, God, I, I felt God's call on my life. I thought I knew what that looked like. And so I made plans. I had specific desires. And God, over the process of time, he showed me, your plans are wrong. They're not mine. And listen to what he says. I, I, I love this because we can learn so much about God through scriptures that if we just look at the context of the verse itself, Revelation 17, 17, it says, For God has put into their hearts to fulfill his purpose to be of one mind. That's New King James Version. For God has put into their hearts to fulfill his purpose to be of one mind. God wants to be of one mind with you. But here's the thing. I don't always get it right. So I need to depend on the spirit of God to make sure that I am hearing clearly what he wants me to do. And his way is always better than mine. And so God, he, he, he still speaks today, and he's been speaking since the beginning of time. And he's, he's speaking to the prophets, and when he speaks, it causes them to investigate. And so these men and women who were receiving from God, they in turn sought the truth. Because here's the thing that I mentioned about God earlier. He gives us glimpses of what he is doing. He doesn't give us the full picture. God, he called me to a church in Waterloo in 2012. And he spoke very specifically. Now, you're going to hear this and you're going to think, Aaron, that sounds terrible. But at the time, it made sense to me. God said, I am going to tear this church down to the foundation. And I looked at all the issues of the church and I said, God, I'm on board. I didn't know what all it meant, but I said, I'm on board. And I went through four of the most difficult years of my life. Now, the next four, I was there a total of eight years. The next four were, were decent. I'm not going to say they were good, but they were decent. And what I thought when God spoke that out was that if I'm going to be a part of God tearing this down to the foundation, I will be a part of him building it back up. He never said that. And I didn't get to experience it either. Now that church is still plugging along today. But there were some major issues that had I known, I might have said, God, no thanks. No thanks, I'm good. But God, what he does is he gives us glimpses because he creates within us a curiosity to say, God, no matter what you want to do, I'm on board. I don't understand my point in the universe and how you're going to use me to fulfill your plan, but I'm on board. And that's what God creates within us. And what I found is there are attributes that define generations. And something I have noticed about Generation Z in particular they do desire truth. They desire to know what the truth is. And they, they want the true sorts of information because there are so many sources of information out there that we know the internet is full of false claims. But yet I see people sharing things from bogus websites on social media all the time acting like it's the gospel. Right? Right? Now, when others speak on behalf of God, I encourage you 
Listen to what is spoken, but confirm it with God's word. Are you hearing me? This is a teaching sermon. I'm not preaching today. God will never speak contrary to his word. He will not do it. So if a prophet or teacher of God speaks, it has to line up with his word or it's not from God. Are you hearing me today? This is important because influence is so great out there. It's got to line up with God's word. Listen to Jeremiah 29, 13 through 14. The prophet says, through, through the Spirit of God, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and, and will bring you home again to your own land. So that was, that was a promise to Jerusalem, but here is something that we find out again about God, that if you seek for him wholeheartedly, you are going to find him. Listen to Proverbs 8.17. It says, I love all who love me. Those who search will surely find me. I want to say this. If, if you have been seeking, if you have felt like you're in turmoil, if you're not hearing, I want to encourage you, God is not unreachable. He wants to pursue you. He wants to pursue you. He has been in pursuit of you. Now in this seeking and finding the truth, Jesus also encourages us to seek. He says in Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8, he says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Jesus, what he is saying, because I, I, I know you're reading this and you're like, Pastor, I saw these new land cruisers that Toyota's putting out, and yeah, that's what I'm asking for. That's not what we're talking about here. That's not what we're talking about here. Jesus is saying the door will be opened. That is a promise to God opening the door of his mysteries. And he will reveal them to you if you are seeking. Who can say amen to that? That is so critical because how often have you sat there in your confusion and not understanding what's going on and, and wondering what happens at the end of this life and being so curious why you were placed on this earth that God opens those mysteries to you. He reveals that to you. And here's the thing. It is so important where you seek. Seeking should start in his written word. Are you hearing me? So often we search for a song. So often I have seen, especially charismatic people, seek out a prophet just to give them the word that they want to hear. Seeking should start in the written word of God. And he confirms it to your heart. And some of you might, the, the, the worldly minds might say, wait, 
didn't man write the Bible? What are you telling me? And I would tell you that it was penned by man, but it was spoken and inspired by God, and he wrote it onto their hearts. Listen to 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. It says, all scripture, everyone say all scripture, is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. If this is God's written word, then we should depend on it first. Jesus says in Matthew 4.4, 4, it says, but Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. It starts in scripture. And if this is how we are to live, then we need his word. I've had people ask me, how much should I read a day? You ever wondered that? How much of the Bible you should read a day? And you're wondering what the perfect answer is. I think I have it for you. As much as you can comprehend and receive. As much as you can comprehend and receive. That approach, I believe that God will write his law on your heart. He'll, he'll, he'll sear his word to your heart. His spirit also ministers to you when you're reading the word of God. But we should not be satisfied. Check this out. We should not be satisfied with second-hand information about who God is. You should not be satisfied saying, well, I received from the pastor this week and that's all I needed. I have had people say, maybe about another church or even in my church while I'm pastoring, I need to go somewhere where I can be fed. You need to be eating at home. That's my response to you. You need to be eating at home. And if you are coming here depending on me to feed you, that makes you my baby. I don't want more babies. I really don't. Four is enough for us, I can tell you. Church, we need to be feeding ourselves daily. And so to depend on God is to, to depend on his written word. All right, I think I made my point clear. But going back to the prophets, here's, here's the purpose of prophets and their seeking that I have found. Prophets awaken the people. That's their ministry, to awaken the people. And I personally, long time ago, just talking about my day-to-day -day life, I used to find myself all the time staring off into space. Have you ever done that? You've just been sitting there and all of a sudden you realize you're locked in on something and you, you don't even know what happened. You might not even know how long you were glancing at that. Maybe you felt stuck. And I have been told that's a sign of a mild seizure. No big deal. And although 
that doesn't happen to me anymore. I used to hear things like, snap out of it. And what I've found is there are so many people that in their own circumstances, they are so locked in, you need to be told, hey, snap out of it. And that's the purpose of the prophets. They snap us out of it. They're called to awaken mankind. But to me, a prophet speaks with conviction when they have understanding. The major and minor prophets, uh, uh, God revealed the coming of Jesus Christ, and they developed their understanding of who the Messiah would be and proclaimed it to the people. And so they were awakening people from their slumber, and they created an expectation. There was an anticipation of the Messiah coming. But again, even in that, they need to be aware of false prophets and teachers, and I believe God's Spirit would confirm it to hearts. So... What they spoke, it needed to align with God's word and just continue to further reveal his plan. It wouldn't be contrary to it. And when those things align, salvation can be received. And that salvation is for you. They revealed that Christ has come and his Holy Spirit, what it does is it pulls on your heart to confirm that this message is for you. That God sent his son for you to die for you and you can be forgiven. But here's the thing. You have to choose to receive it. Because I know so many people that have claimed Christ, but they are not walking in forgiveness and newness of life. But if you choose to receive it, You can then embrace being forgiven for what you've done and then you're released of that burden of sin and God no longer holds you in condemnation. Aren't you thankful for that? But this is the key. It applies to a heart that desires to sin no more. I can't emphasize that enough. I talked about grace and the ministry in our lives last week, and we, we've talked a little bit about sanctification and what it does. But here, here is the key in all this is true repentance. See, when, when I was raised in the church, I, w- I was born and raised in the church. And so I looked at my relationship with God as this game where each and every night before I went to bed, I just needed to make sure I wiped the slate clean. Next day was a do-over. And it was about doing the things I did the previous day because I was a knucklehead. But what God showed me was I can't forgive a heart that is not longing to be like my son. I can't forgive a heart that wants to keep on doing what it's doing. And so my prayers, they're just going into the void because my heart didn't desire him. My heart solely desired that I'd have a get out of hell free card. That's not the relationship God wants.
there are many people that they believe the whole world is against them. Some days it might feel like that. I want you to know God is for you. God is for you. He's not against you. And there are times you might feel like you're being tested by God, and you might be. But he is for you. That is for your reproofing. Because you can hold to this truth. You were created by God. And this good news of Jesus Christ, it is for you. And salvation starts with you sensing his love and care for you. And then he shows you how to walk after him. How to follow him. And we spoke to it last week. And, and you see where Peter went in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. That salvation is not complete until the day we're called home. That is when our salvation is complete. But as we accept this newness of life, as we walk forward in Christ, each and every one of us are called to then be ministers of the gospel. And so when Peter said that, that these prophets, they could take the truth and what they had and what God revealed to them, and then they could go preach in power, I would tell you that you need to go do the same. If we believe that the Holy Spirit can speak to you, that he can reside in you, it is not by the power of your words that will draw people in. It is the Spirit of God inside of you. But you still have to know it. You still have to know what the Word of God says. You have to let it confirm to your heart. You have to let it change you. It's not like you just walk in, get saved, and you're like, well, I'm ready to go. You have to get to know God. You have to work on this relationship. But I'm telling you, when God begins to prompt your heart, you need to speak and you need to act on what he tells you to. Because that is the faith in knowing that God will use you. And if you don't act on that, if you don't follow the promptings of God, then he's going to use someone else. And then... There's an eternal reward that's lost. Because who knows God gives gifts and sets aside rewards even in heaven. So just being obedient and having a voice that is tuned in to God. And I want to be clear about this. It does not take someone special. It takes the obedient. Are you hearing me? Some of you, you're, you, you look across this room, or some of you might even look at me, and you're like, what, what makes him so special? <clears throat> if you only knew. Nothing. The other day, I was talking to my wife, and I said, I can almost pinch myself the things that God allows me to do that I had never dreamed of. God can do that with you. Seek obedience. Seek obedience. That's it. That is when God can say, I can use this. I can use that heart, and I can, I, I can bring you along in my plan. And that's what my heart desires more than anything. But it starts in your home. It starts where you work. It starts in your church. 
in your neighborhoods. Are you hearing me, church? That, that call to ministry, that being a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, starts in your circle because I got news for you that if you desire some high-level position, you might get it, but it's going to be in the wrong place. But if you just desire the will of God, the will of God, service, Go back to my life, verse Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Just desire service. That's it. And when you desire that, God says, I can use it. I'm going to tell you, church, you need to open yourself up to the things of God and just humbly submit to him. That's it. If you're looking for something big and great out of the relationship, I'd be worried about the motive. Listen to Matthew 6, 33. I shared with you after I got back from Cuba. I'm looking at a people that are incredibly humble, but they see the Spirit of God move and there's revival taking place, true revival, confession, salvation, repentance, baptism, And we were concerned because we brought our own food because we didn't even want to burden them because they're rationed food. And he said, hold on. God has given us enough for today. We eat today. When tomorrow comes, we'll worry about it then. He said, we're Matthew 6.33 people. This is what it says. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Need that to be my heart. Who says amen to that? I need that to be my heart. Okay, this is what we're going to do today. It's going to be a little bit different. My uh, worship leader has disappeared. Well, Brian, you could pick his guitar if you wanted to. Come on up, brother. Um, I need to humbly submit to God. I need to understand what he wants for my life. And you know what he wants more than anything? He wants me on my knees before his throne. And that's when he speaks. I don't know about you, but days like today, I need God to speak. I need him to speak. Because I'm looking around, I'm seeing all this chaos and calamity and wars and rumors of wars. And I'm like, Lord, I need you. And I think that's an important place for all of us to be. Is it a place where we just say, God, no agenda. I just need to submit to you. I need to hear from you. And I want to keep shining your light. You know, if you want to, you could go today. You could go home. You could hyper-focus on everything that's going on in this world. You could lose track pretty quickly of our main purpose to be the light of Christ. 
So what I encourage you to do right now, I encourage you, if your heart's longing, just say, man, I need to submit to God. There's so many ways you can do that. And, and, and here's the thing that I encourage for people. You submit to God the best way you know how. For some people, that is on their knees before God. For some, that's prostrate before the Lord, laying completely flat. For some, that's kneeling at their seat. For some, that's coming to the altar. For some, that's standing with their arms wide open and surrender to Him. But today, what I want to encourage you to do is submit to God and seek Him and desire the things of Him. Would you do that with me? Let's all stand right now. And I'm going to pray, and you submit to God in the way that you know how, that you know you are going before the throne of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And then I'm going to pray over you then. Heavenly Father, Lord, you see all these people in this room that say, Father God, I am just drawn into you right now. And I'm drawn into the things of you. And as you want to respond in your way right now, feel free to. Father God, you see all these people that are saying, I need to submit to you and your authority and your knowledge, your understanding, your ways. God, I believe that these are the truth seekers. And your son teaches us that when we seek you, Lord, we will find you. And God, I pray that within those who are submitting right now will create a stirring, Lord. A stirring that does not stop to seek you with everything that they have, everything that they are, that, Lord, each and every day, their purpose is to wake up and live righteously for you. God, I thank you for scriptures like Matthew 6, Seek your kingdom, Father, and above all else, and live righteously. And, Lord, you will give us everything we need. Lord, we look at the needs of today. For some in this room, there are many. For some in this room, there's not much. But God, I pray for a soul dependence upon you. That Lord, as we, as, as we lean into you and as we trust you to provide the need, that God, you will only give us more to depend on. Because Lord, as we are called into a deeper faith, God, I know it doesn't make things easier, but Lord, you present even bigger things to trust you in. And so God, I believe that in this stirring, it is causing your people to return back to a simple faith because of Lord, the great things that you wanna do through them down the road. And so, Lord, I pray that this posture of submission right now is something, Lord, that we do well at home. Lord, this posture of submission is something we do well in our homes. Lord, that even in our work, God, if, if our bosses don't permit us to kneel at our desk, God, we can kneel in our hearts. There is nothing that can stop us from connecting with you, God, and that is the beautiful thing about your spirit residing in us. 
God, I thank you for this constant work that if we would just slow down and listen and study your word and hear what you are speaking today, that God, you give us enough each and every day. Lord, you want this partnership. And may we make a conscious decision to walk with you in that partnership each and every day. I thank you, Father. Lord, I believe right now is when the true work starts because we're going to leave this place. God, it's, it can be easy when your spirit is moving to submit in a, in a corporate worship setting. But Lord, the proof is in the pudding when we go home. The proof is there when we go back into the world. And so God, may we continue to stir up the things of you in our hearts. That Lord, we won't be satisfied with mundane living. We will not allow ourselves to continue to grow stagnant, but God, we will just be that reflection of your son that you have called us to be. I thank you and I praise you, Father God. In Jesus' name, and all God's people say, amen, amen. Before you go, on your seats is our harvest service invite. I want to tell you what this is about. Our harvest service is about celebrating what God has done what God has done in our lives. And so that day, there's going to be testimonies. There's going to be a meal afterwards. It is free. Unless you've been asked to prepare something, you don't have to prepare anything. And you can come, just enjoy yourselves, invite someone to come. We would love to have you bring someone to see what the celebration and the hubbub is all about. Que pasa? I'm not a lip reader, brother. I'm sorry. Yeah. I need hearing aids is what he just told me. Well, I, I just want to quickly say we need to pray for Pastor Aaron because he does leave for Cuba tomorrow morning, right? And uh, so I know our board, a lot of our board is here. Ted, Jamie, Josh, uh, any, anybody else I'm missing here? Some of our, our Maybe Jim. Come on up here, Jim. Pastor Morris, uh, those of you who know, this is, you know, he's going to a place that's uh, not real friendly. Uh, you know, his last couple move trips have been, uh, uh, you know, on the beach, right? And uh, uh, as, as our videos can attest, uh, you know, but uh, he is going to a place that uh, uh, definitely is... Struggles with Christianity. They uh, persecute. There is a, a great amount of uh, uh, opposition to the gospel. And so uh, we just want to pray over uh, Aaron this morning uh, before we let him get out of here for his safety, uh, that God's will will be done, that the good news will be spread. And uh, I think that's really important today that we just uh, pray over him this morning. Yeah. I'm telling these guys, God is going to give Aaron a special anointing when he ministers down there. 
because this is what God has demanded and God is, is, is leading. Thank you. Hallelujah. Church, let's stand in agreement. Hallelujah. This is some, there's something more going on here than we realize, church. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Father, you have directed today. Now, mighty God, anoint. Father, that this man will have insight, prophetic eyes. Hallelujah. He'll have, Lord, a heart that'll be, be receptive unto your guidance as you use him to minister there in Cuba. Father, raise him to that level of anointing that you desire to use him in, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen.